Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's when Patrick plays jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And this is a very borderline creepy song. And it's only creepy because I can think of the video, which is very creepy. No, this is just Tom Brady showing up at Kim K's place. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know how close Perfect. they will be if they ever become neighbors, but hey, I, y'all are mocking. I'm telling you, we're going to start hearing more about these stories between Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian. I'm telling you, even if they're not even real, the public loves this kind of stuff. So oh, we want sure. to see more of it. And the New York Post has a source that said um, a possible tryst uh, would be possible, is in the air because uh, they said basically uh, he's only human, is what it said. So if we see a giant bust of Tom Brady. Oh, sorry. She's only human. He's gorgeous is what the source said. Yeah. So if we see a Tom Brady bust, like from the hello video, <laughs> just a weird Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Like I said, I, we'll see. I like the texture. It says that um, basically imagine all those uh, BBL women getting in on the TB12 diet. That's true. Yeah. And got BBWs, big, beautiful women, mm-hmm. little thick, thick with it. That's Kim wants to work with the ladies that are kind of thick because she's thick with it. And, you know, Tom Brady's TB12, it does have an athleisure, like apparel, like part of the company. And I believe Giselle was designing and also, you know, basically uh, in charge of promoting and marketing the TB12 athleisure side of the company and now that they're not together i'm sure she's not designing stuff and you had an in-house kind of supermodel to help model all of your athleisure tb12 wear and saying maybe you can throw it on kim and throw oh. it on kim and let kim do it for a little it while it does look a little good on it and but you know dude, she's saying? got i don't know million she's a social media following she might have i know might she probably has more than giselle Ooh, that's definitely true Right? That's definitely true. If Tom Brady... With that whole entire family. Yeah, be a smart businessman. Yeah. Hey, you say, you know what? I need you to promote TB12 for a while, and I'll let you, all right, get some free promotion that you're dating Tom Brady because it seems like you may be out of men right now to date. You know? <laughs> well, not in that capacity, but... Kim no, Kim, I know what you're she saying. She ain't dating just anybody, right? Oh, no. And she's already kind of gone. Never has. Never has, right? Never has. I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with just Kanye anybody. Kanye did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, after Kanye, yeah. and who was it before Kanye? Who we Ray J. <laughs> that, was, that was like the first one. That's sex tape, Ray J. First, she had Reggie Bush oh, for a while. Oh, don't forget she had Reggie Bush. She, she had, had Chris Humphreys. Miles Austin. Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys. Yeah, yeah. So she her dates. list is long. Yeah, and then obviously lately it's been, uh, who's the guy from? Pete Davidson. Yep. So uh, she's got like, you know when you go to Wikipedia and then they have to send you to another Wikipedia page because there's too much entries? Yeah. Is that what she's got? she got like Kim Kardashian. They're like, go see her. Yeah, go see her. I am. Go see her film. Go see the other one. Whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. You're right about that. That's exactly what it is. So I think she can't just, you know, she can't just date anybody. Tom Brady, that would be someone that would still bring headlines and still interest the public. Yeah. Because right now, she dates somebody, you go, oh, man, I don't care. I don't care what Kim's uh. doing. Pete Davidson, I think he got her some buzz for like a couple of days, and everybody was like, nah, we're moving on. She needs the buzz. 
Tom Brady buzz will last all through football season. Tom mm-hmm. Brady dating Kim Kardashian, we'll talk about it all football season. Should be I mean, game. this is his off year, right? Huh? This is his off year? Oh, yeah, you're right. Because he's not, he's not going announcing until a year later. So he can be seen with her in public. With the TB12 stuff. He's trying right. to, he, and he's always going to be in Vegas because he's trying to get a team out there. He's trying to be part of the Vegas yeah. squad, too. And I got to make my ex jealous. Giselle's out here banging the taekwondo instructor, <laughs> or he is, jiu-jitsu instructor. Smoke. Got that dude and some billionaire dude. Or they, they're also close friends. She's banging dudes in the circle that Tom Brady knows. That's a violation of the G-code. We all know it, okay? So Tom Brady's got to get back at her. And the best way to get back at your ex Bang Kim Kardashian. Especially, we all know this. especially that, if that like, upset any woman out there. Now, if you, especially, <laughs> this is all it is. Is if if Giselle likes watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, oh! just ruin her favorite show. <laughs> Tom Brady's going on the show. <laughs> That's it. That's all I know reason. she's watching. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, you are sick. You are sick, Patrick, and I love it. All right, let's get to that uh, is actually great. NBA. <laughs> See, now you want it. That now is, you want it. Now to I kind of want it to happen. You, you didn't. You, you didn't talk me <laughs> exactly. into it. Now, now, like, now I'm like, I'm gonna watch this. Right? This is gonna be my reality show. And think about yeah. it. The, the, kid, the, the Kardashian. I think they're now on like Hulu or something. They're on a different like network streaming platform. Their ratings would go through the roof because everybody yeah. went for the Tom Brady episode. There's mm, a rumor mm, he's come, mm. he's gonna be on an episode. People would watch it every damn week just to see Tom Brady on there. Come on. Uh, You're welcome, America. You're welcome. Yeah, I watch the trash TV. You know he's gonna talk it into existence. Oh man, manifesting. Wait, it manifesting. Is going, it is going to happen. All right. Hopefully, my prediction that the Lakers are gonna win not in five, like uh, the legend Mark Henry said. Uh, I do think the Lakers are gonna win the series, though. But I, I will admit, Denver's a better team. Denver Nuggets are a better team. This, mm-hmm. this is why this this, this uh, matchup is so compelling, guys. You got the number one seed in the West versus the team that barely made it via the play-in. Right, <laughs> The right. Lakers trying to make it. You got the best team uh, in the West based on they were the number one seed versus the hottest team because basically there's the, uh, the obviously the West number one seed. Denver Nuggets have the best record in the West, but the Lakers have basically been the best team in the West since the All-Star break. Yes. And since they since made, they made all their, their moves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you got a blue blood in the Lakers versus a team in the Nuggets who I don't even believe has been to the finals ever in the history of their organization. I think they won one finals, like, but I don't even know if it was real. Like, I think it was like <laughs> so long ago, I don't even know if they counted. I don't even know if it was real. I don't even know if it was real. So that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. That is great. Like, you dripped them out of <laughs> Like, I was like, man, I don't even know if that's real. Oh, my God. Yeah, that. the Nuggets have never reached the NBA Finals. Okay. Yep. See, so, so no, it wasn't right. real. It wasn't real. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. real. There's six teams who have never reached it. The Clippers, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Hornets, the Grizzlies, and the Pelicans have never reached the NBA and Finals. Been, and this team has been wow. a lot around a lot longer than any of those other ones, right? Definitely the more Nuggets than the have. Pelicans and the Hornets. yeah. Yeah, because the Hornets are a very new franchise. Pelicans yeah, are pretty Pelicans. new. Grizzlies are part of that franchise that came in with the Raptors. That's so Van- you, they okay. were Vancouver. Yeah, you're right about that. That's a good point. Yeah, the Nuggets are the probably the longest tenure mm. team that's out there. So, And getting back to the matchup, gentlemen, thank you for uh, the uh, the accuracy there, uh, the correction there, Patrick. Uh, so the Nuggets also have scored 118.7 points per 100 possessions, gentlemen, through the first two rounds of the NBA playoffs. That's the best in the in the league and best, obviously, in the playoffs, I should say. Um, and they've done it versus Minnesota and Phoenix, who are two top ten defenses. They're no scrub defenses. And the Lakers, on the flip side of that, 
uh, they have allowed just 106.5 points per 100 possessions, um, and that is the best mark in the playoffs defensively. So you're talking about the uh, most, uh, the highest offensive efficiency uh, ranking for the Nuggets in the playoffs, and the highest defensive efficiency ranking for the Lakers in the playoffs. Best defense versus the best offense. So here's my question for Lakers, and I'm, I'm again. I'm pulling for the Lakers to win this, and I want them to be out of there. I mean, I want them to be able to go to the finals, like Mark said, going up against whoever comes out of the East. But I sit here and I look at how are they going to match up against the the Nuggets? Who's going to guard who? And who's going to be the most effective? Jamal Murray is playing at an all-time high right now. Who is going to guard him? Uh, who's going to guard Michael Porter? who's very athletic as well. So we could talk about LeBron, we can talk about Anthony Davis, but out of those after those two, who is going to be the people that are going to step up? We saw Austin Rivers, I mean Austin uh Reeves, Reeves that are there. Oh, who is he going to guard on that team? Caldwell Pope? Caldwell Pope is is got is coming in on a mission mm-hmm. because let's not forget the Lakers got rid of him. Mm-hmm. So he's got something to say about that too. And lately he's been playing really, really good basketball. And then you look at uh Aaron Gordon. We didn't even talk about him. What you see how effective he's been throughout the playoffs. They're deep. Where is the matchups that the Lakers are going to favor? Is LeBron gonna guard Aaron Aaron Gordon? I don't know. Maybe he's the, he's probably the biggest one that can physically do it. AD is at which game is AD going to play well and not play well the next game? Alternate Davis. We need to we need to figure that out too. So I'm I'm worried about how this matchup is going to filter throughout not just game one but all the way through game seven. I mean, if it goes that far. Yeah, and I mean you're gonna have to worry about guys uh, just playing physical. I think defensively for the Lakers, we're going to see them do a lot of what they did against the Warriors, which is play back a little bit Mm -hmm. and try and make Denver hit threes. Denver's not a great three-point shooting team. They can hit them, but they didn't shoot great in the last series against Phoenix. They didn't have to. They were attacking the rim. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to sit back and have Anthony Davis, the big difference is Anthony Davis cannot step back from Jokic. Like You have to body Jokic the entire time. So you have to then put in somebody else to body Jokic because if you allow him to stand right at the paint, you're giving him two points every single time down the court, right? Too easy. So you have to put somebody on him to try and get him so he doesn't get immediate post position every single play down the court. So that's the question of can you still do that and have Anthony Davis be able to be help defense and not have them just pass it to Jokic and then he dunks it or does whatever he's going to do. But you have LeBron and, and AD, basically the game plan in the last series was to be rim protectors. They did it really well. And once they made it harder for Golden State to get to the basket, they shot threes. They had open threes. They, they just couldn't hit make them. them yeah. And you're going to do that against Denver because Aaron Gordon will take threes. And he can hit them, but he's not a huge, a high percentage shooter. Jamal Murray can be hit or miss. Jokic can do it too, but he's not. Like None of them are 40% shooters. So right. if you're going to go out there and say they're going to shoot 25 to 30% from three, you'll take that as a Lakers because that's a victory for you. And then you just have to come back down and score – and that's where you want to run the court because they have some young guys who can run, but defensively they don't necessarily run as great. So that's where you're going to try and spread the court and get, you know, you could see Schroeder come in a little bit more because mm-hmm. he's probably going to be guarding uh, Jamal Murray. I would assume they're going to try and use him in that way. They used him to guard Steph Curry to try and limit Jamal Murray a little bit more in this series. So I, I think really you're going <clears> to <throat> slow down Jamal Murray, 
and try and keep and make Denver a three-point shooting team Smart. and hope they don't hit. That's what I assume you're going to do defensively, at least in game one. Yeah, they hit, and if they adjust. hit, you've got to change it up. Adjust, yeah. But I, the big question is, can you do mm-hmm. that? Can you be small enough to guard, the, to guard their guys, but also big enough to let Anthony Davis be a help defender to when Jokic is just basically, if he's standing two feet from the basket, I get it's hard to get the ball inside and you can front him and all that other stuff, but yeah. it's just Jokic is just really, really good. He is and you cannot, really good. You cannot let him constantly get position on the block yeah. without giving him any pressure or else it's going to be too many easy points for him. Yeah, you're talking about the best player arguably in the NBA right now. Yes. In his prime. Hey, I can tell you this. If you look at MVP voting, <laughs> the other guys are out. That's true, and uh, he didn't make all NBA first team. Remember that? Nope. Now that's ugh, I don't know what that's probably that, that's, that's more shameful was, than the MVP. It thing. was, but I mean, it's because there was one center position and they gave it to him because he's the MVP. That's the reason it is. I but it's it. still that's why they also changed the rule going into next year. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But did, did this guy need extra motivation? <laughs> right? No. Right. Now you just gave him some. Exactly. <laughs> no, we saw Mark Jackson have to come out and apologize for not putting Jokic on his MVP ballot. He should have kept that to him. Said, I guess maybe he thought he would have been outed, but yeah, ooh. I don't know. He, but, but you he, know, he's a, he's a stand up guy. He's a stand up guy. Good is. for him. But. Yeah. Ooh, that's cringeworthy. That's yeah. cringeworthy, man. Yeah, that is, that's that's straight up cringeworthy on that one. He should know. She also said, "I'm suspending myself for like one or two years from it." Just so you know, he should have did that. Like, I'm, oh no, he ain't gonna do that. You should because that's that's it. That's what it deserves. Like, that's yeah. what it warrants. To not have opinion. him on the ballot at all. I'm to be on like, the ballot oh, at all? No, he's just no. Like, he's a front. He ain't a, come on, man. Like, uh, that's watch yeah. him play. No, nah, I agree. Um, anyway, getting back to the, the matchup here, gentlemen. Here's something else to watch. Getting kind of piggyback on Patrick's point about. The Lakers are going to guard the paint, and they're going to force Denver to beat them via the three-point line, and then they'll adjust if that is the case. Denver has taken 53% of their shots in the paint in the playoffs, highest rate of any team in the playoffs. They're hitting damn near, actually, a little, little over 57% of those shots. When the Lakers, or Lakers are allowing teams to shoot 50%, actually around 51% in the paint, second lowest, so they're pretty good in defense. But the Kim Kardashian, Nick Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, making the stallion size. But when AD is on the floor, teams are only shooting 47% in the paint against the Lakers. He, he's, he is the difference maker. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the Lakers, and I, I think the Nuggets are a better team. Um, there's no, and they're deeper, no question about right. it. Uh, I'm going to go with AD and LeBron and the presence of AD going up against Jokic. And it's really Jokic's defense. Can he actually, and this is when AD needs to be more consistent, uh, but Nikola Jokic, he's obviously a great all-around player, but AD has shown the ability to score against Jokic in the past when he's going up against them. Now they haven't had a ton of interaction, uh, but AD is 4-1 and one against Jokic in the playoffs, 14-11 versus Jokic uh, in the regular season. And he has, you know, obviously won his fair share of those. He does have an offensive game that gives Jokic problems defensively because Jokic is not very athletic. Yeah, he's a great player, but he's not overly athletic. And AD is all freakish athleticism and range and and length. And sometimes for Jokic, that's a bit of a tough matchup seeing that package in a big man because there we, ain't many of them in the NBA like that. Are we gonna get concussion? Concussioned? Anthony Davis, or are we going to get the one that's going to go out there and say, this is my time to go at a guy that, like the Joker, who is averaging a triple-double throughout this time, and looking at these teams, and to me, I just don't know if Anthony Davis has the heart 
to be able to you don't do think this. He got that dog I don't Can't think he does. I don't think he does. If he don't, and, then they, they won't win. But that's why I believe that this has got to be the best series for LeBron James. I think LeBron James has to show the king where he puts his crown on all the time. The crown He's on, got to be able to go out there and play at a very high level for as many games as this thing goes. I treat LeBron kind of how he used to treat Brady and Belichick. I, we know it's going to end, of course. Yeah. But he's 10-1 and one in conference finals yep. series. Yeah. I just bet on LeBron until, you know, he lets me until down. Until he lets you down. Because yes. it's, it's a safer yes. bet. You know, not, and I know it doesn't sound like I'm going for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going for the yeah, Lakers. But you know Nuggets are a better team. Exactly. And they're a deeper team. But you're like me. It's like, I'm not, I don't pick against LeBron very I don't pick against GOATs very often. Yeah. Just, no, it's kind of hard to do that, and, right? And, yeah, I usually just pick the GOAT. And most yeah. of the time, I'm, I'm all right. And the last time I picked against the GOAT, I think, I think I picked against uh, I picked against a young goat in Patrick Mahomes uh, in that um, oh it, yeah actually in, in the game against what was it the last Super Bowl they had the, the one they got Eagles, Eagles. So I picked Eagles yep, I picked yep, Eagles yep. I picked against a young goat I screwed up should have picked the young goat yeah all right this is the way it is and I picked against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks when they went up against mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes I picked Patrick Mahomes and I picked against the goat so use I've learned my lesson picking against goats is not smart pick the goat. And you, and, and then you could be all right if they, you know, and they don't. We're yeah. like, well, oh, and most man. of the time, I'll yeah, be right. Exactly. It's okay. Exactly. I, feel, I don't feel to- terrible about myself. So I understand because I think most of the spec sex line nuggets in six, uh, no joke. And I had another texture said the nuggets are going to destroy uh, the the Lakers. I, I get, th- I can see how that happens. I yes. no, and I mean we're gonna have to see. Like again, Rui Achimura in this <laughs> series, is Rui Achimura gonna be able to be a defensive stalwart against Jokic? Because he is the basically the only big body on your bench you can trust on the offensive end, right? Yeah. So he's the only other big body other than Anthony Davis that you can trust off of your bench. Mo Bamba, they're yeah. saying, didn't even practice with the team today or right, yesterday. Yeah. So he's probably not going to be able to play. Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, we saw him play in that game, and boy, didn't look like he'd seen a basketball. Like, he looked like when he went out there, he was like, oh, please have my shorts on. He was hanging out oh, with the other Oh, I didn't have my jersey he's on a, under this. He's a full-on Kardashian Yeah, now. he's a Kardashian. He, he, <laughs> he wasn't worried about that. So, I, I mean, you basically have to go, can he bump with Jokic over and over, not get in foul trouble? Because this, we saw in that last series, too, Vanderbilt can play some defense, but his offensive He's problems. A and once yeah. you get into these series where it's five versus five and it's on one end of the court, four versus five, and they go, no, you're wide open every single time. Yep. They let you beat us. Those guys become a problem. So when you put out a Tristan Thompson, they go, cool, all right. We, we don't really have to makes guard you, him. Makes you easier to defend. And that's, <laughs> yeah. so, and yeah. so when you have an Aaron Gordon, I think you're going to see a lot for Denver. <laughs> a lot of this game is going to come down to – Denver going to the paint hard with an Aaron Gordon, with Jokic, with mm-hmm. a Jamal Murray, trying to challenge the shot blockers of the Lakers. And if the Lakers play good, don't get in foul trouble, get shot blocks, then they have a really good shot to win this game one. But you have to be able to do that without getting in foul trouble and also being able to help on the next guy over because this Denver team's really good at driving. And right when you collapse on them, mm-hmm kicks it right over to Aaron Gordon or kicks it over to Jokic, and it's an easy dunk. That's what I'm hoping for the Lakers because they just went up against the best passing team. Mark Henry talked about this too in the league, which was the Warriors. Did a really good job of being able to anticipate you know, those passing lanes and the different cuts and the screens. And if they can do that versus the, the Denver Nuggets because they're really good because they can – Man, they they can swing that the basketball a ton of different ways because they got a, a big man who they can run the offense through. They can just run it through the a point post, if you will, through Jokic. Um, if the, man, if they can find a way defensively 
to neutralize the passing attack for the Nuggets, the Lakers got a shot. I, I understand the Nuggets are a deeper team, and I do think they are a better team uh, overall. But, man, sometimes in the NBA it's about the team that's hot, and the Lakers are hot. They hot. Yeah, they're pushing in. Yeah. The they're hot, So is Denver. D- yes. Denver is hot. The Lakers are hotter because Denver's just been good. Denver's, Denver's more good than hot. The, yeah. the Lakers literally got hot. This was a yeah, team that yeah, nobody even expected to make the playoffs. Yeah, somebody then, said that they were 13th of 15 teams at the trade deadline. Exactly, right? Yeah. So they got yeah. hot, and they've just continued to stay hot. Yeah. So I agree that Denver is good, and yes, they are They're warm. But, man, the Lakers are sizzling. Yeah. I mean, and this, this is the reality, too, is if the Nuggets hit three-pointers, I mean, this could be a sweep. That's that's the reality of it. If you hit threes, the Lakers have zero chance to win this series because they don't have anybody. That yeah, because can match their, that. their game plan is we have to keep them out from the the paint. It's a good game plan. It worked against the Warriors. Yep. We're the best three point shooting team. So odds are it will work against the Nuggets as well. Not every game, but not could, every yeah, game, yeah. but yeah, it, but it will work. So, but you're like if they hit threes, you you don't really have much of a shot because you can't come out on them because <laughs> then they're just going to drive the paint and kill you too. Yep. And I do wonder with the altitude. I'm not saying it's going to be a huge factor, but it will be a factor because uh, it always is, especially when the Lakers want to run or if Denver. And want to play forty minutes a game. And exactly when you're exactly when your stars, your older veteran aging stars, got to play a long time. Do we think the Lakers go deeper into the bench just a little bit, just to give throw some bodies out there to give their stars a little extra rest time? And LeBron, you know, LeBron's putting himself back in games now. Oh yeah, like he's he's taking himself he out took, of games. He sat like, down for like a minute and a half. He didn't even, sit, down. Down. He he didn't didn't even sit, sit. He, he just walked, walked, walked off, walked got out. some water, walked came out, back, put his hands on his hips, walked back out. It was like yeah, so that that it could end up coming back to home. I'm going up against a Denver Nuggets team that's really deep, and you got to play at altitude, and you're just an aging superstar. So I do wonder if you'll see the Lakers just try to play more guys early on in the game when they do have control of the game uh, to try to make sure by the fourth quarter that their guys are fresh. Because I'm, I'm, I think that the Lakers are going to need LeBron and AD to play hellacious minutes. Yes. I'm talking yes. about the most minutes they AD probably, has to play the best basketball of his career and the in most, this series. Yeah, and maybe the most. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's just the way it is. and We didn't talk about officiating, too. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So we need to see how the officials are going to either let them be physical <laughs> or they're going to call ticky-tack fouls. Because if they let them play physical... Advantage this, to who? Advantage, I think, to LeBron and them because they're going to be in the paint as well. And they want to play they're defense. Gonna be attack, and, and they're going to be They're a defensive yep, team. They so want to force out. They would love to bang around. Let the, they let them play. Yep. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think the Lakers have that advantage because then you can really start to throw some bowls. Yes. And, and what's Vanderbilt, too? Vanderbilt's going to be my X factor. Okay. Is he going to be able to go out there and play defense? He may be the one that's going to end up guarding Jamal Murray. That's the thing is he's just got to play offense. Yeah. Because his problem was he couldn't stay on the floor because he couldn't play on the offensive end. And that's when Schroeder started to come in yep. and play really yep. good. And then let's I, – I don't think we mentioned this on the show yet. The worst officiating job in history to throw him out instead of Draymond Green in that game. And I get the Lakers still won. But when he held a ball into a guy's face and got the guy thrown out – can we stop babying Draymond Green mm. on that one? I know he's out of the he's he's, he's fishing right now, but yeah. still, that was horrible. Yeah. Now it, it said it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good series. I think you go, you'll get six. Hell, a lot of people are predicting seven. Seven games. Anything can happen in a seven-game series. We come back. We'll talk about the NBA lottery during Rod's rant of the day. The NBA lottery happening tonight. Uh, you got two Texas teams. 
uh, along with Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio, of course, that do have the best overall odds to get the top overall pick. We'll talk about who the top overall pick will be, uh, Victor Wenbenyama, and we'll get into that. And we'll talk about lottery luck, the luckiest and unluckiest teams in the history of the NBA lottery. You know I went rabbit holing. I got the numbers. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nine the Horn. Light the Tower. Pennsylvania's. This mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. I want to talk about the NBA Draft Lottery, which is tonight. And a lot of Spurs fans out there really excited because Spurs fans, along with Rockets fans and Detroit Pistons fans, uh, they actually have the best overall odds to get the number one overall pick. Also, just throwing it out there, for Texas teams, this is a special day period because it's the first time this postseason was the first postseason since there have been three NBA teams in the state of Texas that none of them made the NBA playoffs. So uh, made the NBA lottery um, all about keeping hope alive and about the uh, the future of all these Texas teams. And two of them have a chance to at least they have the best odds to get the number one overall pick and acquire a generational talent in Victor, Victor Wembanyama. And we'll go into some detail about Victor Winbenyama here in just a second. 19 years old, who's at this point 7'4", 7'5". I've seen both listed. <laughs> he is a special kind of unicorn and freak. And we'll get to that here in a second. But I want to get to some research that I did about the 38 lotteries the NBA has had so far since 1985. They've, um, you know, they've enacted the lottery system. And based on... The, you know, obviously the record, based on the record, that's how they determine the best odds are the odds in the NBA lottery. And after that, obviously, you need a lot of luck on your side. You need lady luck on your side. So I, I basically want to examine lottery luck and what teams had the most luck. And you take the relative, basically the record of the team, all right, their record uh, based on where they finished that year and then take the lottery, all right, whatever their lottery odds and their lottery um, slot was that they won in the NBA draft lottery, and what was the net gain or loss, all right? So where their record has them at, and then basically how many net draft slots they gained or lost relative to their record. The luckiest team in the NBA lottery since 1985 that has the most net gains based on, uh, or at least relative to their record, the Philadelphia 76ers, plus 24 since 1985, Hmm. which means the lottery has basically been kinder to them. They've had more lottery luck in the NBA lottery than any other team, uh, and they've actually been in the lottery a ton too. The Charlotte Hornets are second at plus 14. The Lakers are third at plus nine. Cleveland Cavaliers are tied with the Spurs, the Pelicans, and the Supersonics at plus six. And if you want to know where the Rockets are, the Rockets are kind of way down on this thing. The the Rockets are plus one. Rockets have not had a ton (laughs) of lottery luck. Spurs, they're still in the top five. They're at least tied to top five. So the next phase 
was how many times a team's draft position improved and how many times it got worse. Because sometimes the lottery is not kind. You don't have great lottery luck. Right. Like you, if, if it had been based on record, yeah, you might have been in a better position. When the Dallas Mavs got Luka, that kind of stuff. Like some people end up, or some teams I should say, end up really lucky in the draft lottery. And sometimes they end up unlucky in the draft lottery. Philadelphia 76ers still top team when it comes to NBA, lot- NBA draft lottery luck. They've moved up eight times. The second uh, team that's moved up the second most uh, times upward movement in the NBA draft lottery, San Antonio Spurs. They're tied with the Lakers the o- and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Philadelphia 76ers. Don't get Patrick all excited. Hey, hey we're about to have one more to it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the 76ers have only had to move down because of the draft lottery, being, being slotted lower than their actual relative to their record once. Spurs, zero times. Mm. Spurs are the only team on this, out of all the NBA teams, that's never had downward movement at all <laughs> based on the NBA draft lottery relative to their record. Hey, keep that, let's keep that going. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, Lakers, the Lakers have had it once. So Lakers are pretty good, too. They're just like the Spurs. They've had upward movement three times, but only went down or at least been slotted below their relative record only once. So Lakers got a lot of good lottery luck, too. Hmm. All right, and now we're looking at average gain loss per lottery appearance. All right, so per lottery appearance. Because the Lakers have had seven lottery appearances, and they're at plus they're – basically, if you look at their plus nine net gain, they're, at, they're leading the pack now, plus 1.28 average gain and loss per lottery appearance. 76 is a second. They've been in the lottery 19 times. That ain't good. That's too much. <laughs> uh, they got a plus 1.26 average gain or loss per lottery appearance. And their overall net gains, plus 24. Remember, they are the most net gains overall because of draft lottery luck. And then third overall, best luck overall and average gain loss per lottery appearance, the Spurs. They're at plus six net gain. Uh, loss and they had six lottery appearances and nobody's probably had more bang for their buck in lottery appearances than the Spurs. Um, but they're at plus one. So only two teams have had better luck in the draft overall. If you're looking at um, gains, losses, and if you also are looking at upward movement and downward movement of the the draft lottery slot selection relative to their their actual record. The Spurs have the third best lottery luck overall behind the 76ers and behind the Lakers. So when the Spurs are in the lottery and they are in the lottery this year. Again. Again, nobody's got better luck, arguably, than them. And they don't have to worry about the Lakers or the 76ers because they are in the lottery right now. So the Spurs, just throwing it out there, based on recent history, Lady Luck loves them damn Spurs. Hey, that's a that's a good thing. So that's a good they, thing. Look, yeah. here's the thing: we don't call on it very much. I mean, we had what a twenty something year span where yep. we made the playoffs that's what every year. I was just year. about to say you're not you're yeah yeah they've only been lottery six times out of that's what I'm saying. And you had what David Robinson wasn't he a lottery pick? 
Yeah, because it helped yeah. him out because Dave Rimes, remember, he didn't want to, he couldn't join this person for like two years. Because of the Navy. Yeah. So he could finish up his commitment yes. to the Navy. Yep. And in that time, they also were bad enough to get another line. They got Sean there. Elliott from there, they right? They got Sean, I uh, <laughs> believe so. I think and Sean Elliott was during that time. You got that other part where you were bad again. And that again. And you got and Tim, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. I, yeah. And you get Pop and Tim Duncan because Pop leaves the front office then. Because he knew he was going to get that pick. Yeah, he's like, hey, <laughs> I might be able to start a dynasty with this group. And smart move. So they've had a ton of luck. They've, but they've had the fewest amount of lottery appearances, I believe. Yep. Out of all these teams, they've had Love the fewest lottery. The Lakers have had the second few. Lakers have, have had seven lottery appearances. Uh, the Spurs have had six. Well, so, okay, had six. let me like, ask you this: There's teams like Orlando's had like four in the last four in the four years. Let me find Orlando. Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland had a couple where they were they won the, every the year. Ball. Orlando's had twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying your odds 22. are better if you do it less. The Clippers yeah. have had twenty five lottery appearances. I believe that's the most. It's gotta be. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's they the most. bounced around from Golden different S- locations Golden as State's well. Golden State's had twenty three. Golden State's got no draft lottery look at all. Like they mm. get they go basically only. Four teams, I'll take it back, only five teams are worse than Golden State. Yeah. And, I'll give them some, they got some luck in the draft when when Minnesota needed a point guard and drafted Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. <laughs> so right. I think they got lucky there. Yeah. No, that's you're right a good about point. that. And this is the point out the Miami Heat, no lottery luck at all. If you look at just um the Nets and Gaines, they are twenty eight. The Mavs are worse, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are worse. In terms of net gains, they're minus 11, and the Mavs are minus 12. Um, if you go look at upward movement and downward movement in the draft relative to your record, they are, once again, 28th. Only Sacramento and Minnesota are worse in that category. And if you go look at um, just overall gain-loss per lottery appearance, uh, they're last. They're dead last. They're, the, the Mavs are ahead of them at 29th, and then they're they're thirtieth, and I think thirty-one because I believe they put the Sonics on down here with this one. They did like the Supersonics on here too. Yeah. Um. So, but still, they have no lottery luck, and look at where they are. That's that's just front office, uh, basically front front office prowess because that's Pat Riley and great coaching by Eric Spolstra. Yeah. And that's that's why they've been so successful. Yeah. I mean, again, you you got Dwayne Wade in one of those picks, and like where he was <sighs> five, Dwayne Wade fell to you. Because that was yep, the LeBron, yep. Carmelo Anthony, Darko Milicic, oh, and Chris right. Bosh all went before him. Which, there's Hall of Famers in that group, but not you get Darko. Dwayne Wade. Not Darko, though. Not Darko. <laughs> but still. But you still got, like, you take Dwayne Wade over Carmelo Anthony. You take Dwayne Wade over Chris Bosh. LeBron's the only guy you don't. So he okay. technically, if you redraft that, he's the number two pick in that draft. Yeah. yeah. And got the end of Shaq's career right when you needed to get that. Yeah. Man, you squeezed right. the, You squeeze got a dub out yeah, of there. You squeezed you all the little juice that Shaq had left and got that championship and then made the LeBron move. Won the LeBron sweepstakes. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was hard to do. That was actually might be the most ex- but that part might of be the most impressive feat of the front but office. But part of so that far. was setting themselves up where they had Dwayne Wade and a bunch of cap room. That is true. And that- we're still a competitive team with a good coach and a good culture, and we're able to put it together. And that goes to the front office and Pat yeah. Riley and what he's done. It's been unbelievable. I love this text that ended on this. The Spurs don't call on the lady that often, but when they do, she be a coming. No doubt. No doubt. And <laughs> speaking, lady Luck. And speaking on Lady Luck and what you might be looking at, uh, Victor Wembanyama. Yama had uh, 22 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks today in his basketball game. So, yeah, because they had a playoff game, right? Is it a championship game? I don't know if it was the play, championship. It's a playoff play, game, though. They are heading into the playoffs. It was the last regular season game. It was the last regular season game. season game, okay. Yeah, so he went out there and balled out for you, Patrick. 
So just in case you were wondering. And also, if you're a San Antonio Spurs fan, the te- the person that will be representing your team tonight on the stage will be Peter J. Holt, the managing partner, who is what, Patrick? He is Peter Holt's kid. So if you're an old school Spurs fan and you remember Peter Holt, the owner of the Spurs, he has passed that down. He passed down the running it to his wife. His wife has now passed it down to their son, Peter J. Holt. Keeping so if you're a current Spurs fan, you probably know that. If you're an old school Spurs fan, you remember the old Peter Holt. Peter J. Holt is the son of Peter Holt. There you go. I like that. Um, all right, we come back. We'll talk about Victor Wimbenyama, who is going to be the number one overall draft pick in the upcoming NBA draft. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Nine Horn. Don't lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn, top of the charts Tuesday. It's when Patrick plays jams at which the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And this day will go down in history. Um, and it may be really good history for either the Spurs or the Rockets or whatever team ends up getting the number one overall pick. And it is almost, not almost, it is a done deal. It is, a, uh, it is already written. Uh, who they will draft with the number one overall pick, whoever wins the NBA draft lottery tonight. They're going to draft Victor Winbinyama. He has been called a generational talent. Uh, gentlemen, there's a, a quote from a man, CB, sent this to us. Shout out to my man, CB, at Chris GB, double zero two thousand from Adrian Wojnarowski. He, he's one that drops the Woj bombs, and he is saying that Victor Winbinyama is the most highly anticipated player to ever enter the NBA, maybe the greatest prospect in the history of team sports. Team sports is what he said. That is crazy, but when you start looking at some of the dimensions of this young man, he is indeed a unicorn. He is 7'4 or 7'5, depending on, depending on what, you're what publication at. you're looking yeah. at. 7'9 mm-hmm. wingspan. That's one of the longest wingspans in NBA history, at least it will be when he gets to the NBA. I think he's 19 now. I just love his upbringing. There's a very much a Shohei Otani-like feel to his upbringing where – all of these different steps in his life seem to have been terraforming his skill set <laughs> for mm-hmm. this exact moment. His dad is a six six long jumping uh, track coach. He also he was a former competitive long jumper, but now he's a track coach. His mom Elodi, um, his dad's name is Felix, by the way. His da- his mom Elodi six three hard. And she is a former pro basketball player, and now she is also a coach. They describe her as a basketball addict. Yup. So he was immersed in the game. His brother is 6'6". Oscar plays basketball. His sister, Eve, 6'1". She makes Rod B look like a scrub. She plays pro basketball. He, it's, I mean, and you go look at it at 7'5", he moves like a smaller or he moves like a wing like a a true wing and a lot of that is because his father and they said in this piece i read intentionally was basically training his body as he grew to a you know obviously a seven four seven five basketball player but usually those guys look awkward and usually they almost look like a baby giraffe trying to move around not him he moves fluidly 
and he is smooth because his dad has been training him as a track coach how to run, and his body mechanics actually match up with his size. Kinesiology. Which is, it's some, exactly. Something yep, we just yep. haven't, I've never seen I've never seen it before. I've yep. never seen that before. Yeah, it's it's smooth, and if you hadn't seen him play and you, you don't know who we're talking about, go to my Twitter page, at Hardball Harge, and I retweeted a video of him today playing basketball in the effortless movement that he has when he's around the bucket. He he did a Euro step around someone away from the bucket and dunked it on him. Like he was so far away. I'm like, how did he even get close enough to be able to dunk it? Oh, my bad. He's got a wingspan that's unbelievable, and he dunked it while he was away from the rim. It is something to behold. And, and again, the one thing that I continue to worry about, not really worry about, but I'm trying to figure this out, the physicality and if he's going to be able to play that physical brand of back- basketball. That's but fair. as we talk about it, how physical is the NBA game in the first place? I don't think it is as physical. We're not playing when the Detroit Pistons were playing, where they were knocking people out all the time. I don't think a lot of guys are that physical in the NBA right now, so he might come in and fit in perfectly. Yeah, and there's also points. If you play face to the basket, you, could, you there's a lot less you can do physicality yep. to him because yep. you put a hand on him, now it's a penalty. So there's a lot more to it. If you play back to the basket – that is something where it's you know you do have to a little bit have a little bit more size on you because you know there's a lot more they can do to turn you around and you're fighting for position. If he's someone with the ball handling he has, where he can drive the basket yeah. more mm. than trying to post up on it, it, it changes what the physicality you can have because it trying to be able to have any you have to be close enough because he's seven five <laughs> to get a hand in his face in his face yeah <laughs> not gonna block the shot yeah so <laughs> there's just a lot to it that it makes art i'll also say there is some other really good prospects scoot henderson is going to be a really good player I in the like nba it. as well from g league ignite he is projected to probably be the second overall pick the other name brandon miller from alabama who we know had some issues this season but is a really really good basketball oh, player yeah. those are probably your second and third pick depending on who what teams go there what they need but both those guys are going to be really good NBA players as well. So yeah. my question yeah. to you was going to be that, uh, Patrick, if for some reason the Spurs and Lady Luck doesn't fall on your side, will you be okay with a Scoot Henderson? No, I mean, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm walking away. <laughs> no, no, like, and I think there's you, you have to look at what you get. I, I'd probably go with the Brandon Miller over a Scoot Henderson just in my brain of mind. I like that, it. I like it. Size is just such a big thing. And the NBA, and it's a lot harder to find six nine guys and six eight small forwards than it is to find a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Scoot Henderson is a better player right now than Brandon Miller is, but it, you, you just size it's just so important. Well, yeah, but yeah. we don't have to have this conversation because Victor Wembanyama is going hey, to the. Uh, hey, yeah. you know what? Uh, and if he doesn't go to the Rockets, hey, I'm all about him going to the Spurs, man. Because either way, we get to cover him. So I just, that's what I'm all about. He's going to be as good as everyone is expecting uh, him to be. Okay, we come back. We'll talk more about that. We're going to uh, bump some of our uh, other stuff because I want to talk some more NBA and talk about Victor Wembanyama and the NBA lottery. We'll come back and do that. Also, we'll squeeze in some Texas football conversation as well on the other side. An analyst saying Texas could be the most dangerous team in college football. We'll discuss right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.